live from the mysterious mist enshrouded mountaintop fortress that is X and Y Communications Headquarters. You're listening to X and Y on the Fly, the dating podcast with your hosts, Scott and Emily. Hello, hello once again and welcome to the big show. My name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. And we're back at you again with another topic that, you know, I don't think we've covered before. Although I have to say, Emily, this particular topic was inspired by a couple things. Yes, yes it was. The first one was my podcast just two weeks ago with Big Will Hicks, where we talked about how guys are their own worst enemy and how they can't really ever seem to get out of their own way. And we talked about a whole bunch of different situations where that's true, but somehow the topic we're going to cover today didn't come up at all in that episode. So we're going to hit it today. Now, the second one was something that you showed us today was so cute. You showed me a video and we're going to share this with you in a little bit. Yeah, we'll actually put it on the show notes page. You got to see this video for yourself. (laughs) It's not new, by the way. This video has been circulating for years, but I was reminded of it this morning during a coaching call and I showed it to you and the kids who've never seen it before. No, it was really cute, but at the same time, sad. Yes. (laughs) And uh, it was two cockatoos and a guy was playing Elvis on an acoustic guitar. And the two cockatoos were kind of sitting on a perch responding to him. They were obviously his pet cockatoos, and they were responding to him playing the music. And the caption on the video was, that guy at the bar who's just a little bit too much into the music. Right. Right. Yeah, he was completely into it, bouncing and head, you know, head bopping up and down. Right. And at the very end, his feathers go flying out and his arms are out, and he's just going, just completely going nuts. And the female cockatoo, she was not having it. She was The like, little bird next to him. I know. She was like, rescue me. Do I really have to endure this? Right. At one point, she puts her foot up. Like, how about <laughs> we not? Right? And the guy is just encroaching upon her. And there's one point about 40 seconds in where she kind of looks at the camera and goes, just kill me now. Right? <laughs> at the end, she finally flies away. Right? She does. And it was such an awesome metaphor in the truest sense of the word for how a lot of guys are trying to impress women, and they're trying too hard. Now, we've talked about on this show before, Emily, about how guys pretty much do everything in order to impress women. The car, the job, the clothes, uh, their, hey, y'all watch this, hold my beer activities. All of these things are designed to, you know, impress the chicks. And it's not a bad thing, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, chicks can be impressed. Yeah. But what we're going to indeed talk about today, drumroll, is when men try too hard. Now, let's be fair. Can women try too hard? What happens when women try too hard? Well, we become needy, clingy, calling all the time, needing every moment of your time. Well, that's in the context of a relationship. Mm, True. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, that definitely happens. Women can try too hard in a relationship to keep a man from leaving, to get him to marry her. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Women try really, really hard. And what does it do? It pushes the guy away. Well, how about assuming there's a relationship before there is one? Yeah, that would definitely be trying too hard. Whoa, this is really co-ed, isn't it? (laughs) This is equal opportunity. It is. But here's the thing. You know what? At the attraction stage, it seems like men, for as much talk about how we're afraid of women and we are just so afraid to approach them and just can't grab a pair and even say hello and introduce ourselves to them, it seems like we're the ones who try too hard at the beginning. Why is it that 
women know better than to throw themselves at men for the most part. What's that lesson they learn early on that keeps them from ever doing it again? Well, I think it has more to do with women are supposed to be reserved. And if they were really outward and too forward, that we would chase the guy away or it would make us look bad or, you know, it would somehow devalue us. Now, see, a lot of guys think they want women to approach them for a change. Why can't women chase me instead of us chasing them all the time? And, you know, you and I are on record saying nobody should be chasing anybody. We should choose each other. That's the topic of a podcast we've done in the past. But I think somewhere along the line, a woman chases a guy, maybe even when she's a young girl. And for all this supposing on men's part that we'd like women to throw themselves at us, it never goes well when y'all do. The guy's thinking, what's wrong with this girl? Why is she so desperate? Why? I mean, how many guys does she do this with on a weekly basis? Am I just, you know, another guy in the string? It sounds kind of slutty, right? Exactly. You know, even when I was dating, if I were to send out an email or show some sort of interest in a guy, let's say, on the online dating, I got nothing back. For me to try to approach a guy, it just didn't work. Even online? That's right. As cute as you were looking online, that's (laughs) saying something. To make the first move just didn't work. I think they thought you were a fake. I don't know. Probably some kind of scam. Like, why would this chick be emailing me? Although you're saying this, and you know, I can think of a couple times where I met really attractive, sweet women online, and yeah, they had emailed me first. Because most guys are used to women who aren't getting a whole lot of opportunities being the ones who do the most reaching out online. Sorry, ladies, if you're listening, but that's typically the way it is. Women who have a lot of attention from men are too busy weeding through that attention to create any of their own in the other direction. But back when I was dating, there were three instances where women emailed me first and I responded to them and I ended up meeting them. And looking back psychologically, as twisted as this is going to sound, I was pleasantly surprised. Because I was thinking, oh, you know what? She's not going to look as good as her pictures. This is going to be some kind of scam. You know, the jig is up somewhere. Because women don't usually email men when they're really attractive. But there were at least three exceptions, for sure. So it sounded too good to be true. Kind of, yeah. a woman couldn't possibly be trying to ask me out or show interest in me first. Right. And nowadays, man, fast forward 16 years... The scammers have gotten really elaborate and really, really effective. Oh, they did, didn't they? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's like when you get on Facebook and these women start sliding in your DMs, these quote unquote women. And, you know, they're not really there. It's, it's some phishing scheme, right? Right. I think that's how guys look at it. But meanwhile, back in school, you still have this poor little 12, 13 year old girl trying to get this guy to like her. And that's her hard life lesson. At that age. I mean, not online, real life and in person. That the guy's like, well, what's wrong with this girl? She was too easy to get to like me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in school, the one thing that we also learn is the person that we like, for some reason, didn't like us back. They liked the person who didn't like them. There was always this little triangle of everybody likes somebody that we couldn't get. And, you know, even as we grow up, if a woman gets a lot of male attention from men who are, yeah, well, trying too hard. Oh, my God, you look so beautiful. I'm thinking of all the Instagram models who post a bikini pic and just wait for men to fawn all over them. 
you know, the emojis with the hearts for eyes and, oh, man, so lame. And then there's always this one guy who will say something like, hey, look at that background. Is that Cabo San Lucas? What were you doing there? And that's the one she'll respond to because it's a normal guy <laughs> having a normal conversation instead of like falling all over her. Right. Not trying too hard. Or right. the one I got a lot was, oh, you're so beautiful. We're made for each other. You know, we have a future together or something like that. And that was scary because it's like, we don't even know each other. They on a picture. And yeah. for some reason, it felt like he thought that's what I wanted to hear. I got this one really creepy lady one time. You know, again, she was writing me first, and she was one of the more stereotypical types who would write me first. And she said, I saw you in a dream. And I was like, oh, God, block. How can I? Where's that block button again? <laughs> How quickly can I get this woman out of my inbox, right? Aww. It's creepy. Ma'am? She was thinking it was romantic. Oh, good grief. Not yet. And yet, all these men think that when they do these coy little creepy things or they throw themselves at a woman or they demand that you meet or that they demand that you go out on a date with them, that it's somehow going to work. What are we thinking? I don't know. Maybe for some reason on the movies, it looked like if the guy is a little pushy, he got his way and the woman finally gave in. And he's confusing that with reality, that if he's pushy, not realizing pushing the wrong way, that it's pushing her away. Well, isn't it interesting how the harder we push, the more people run away. The more we try to get approval, the less of it we get. You think people would understand that psychological dynamic after it hasn't worked for a few times or months or weeks or years or decades, right? Or a lifetime. Instead of pushing, maybe we should pull. How do you do that? That's a good question. How do you pull? Maybe drawing somebody in by being interested in them rather than what we want. So if I want you to do what I want, then I'm not going to be displaying the attributes that's going to be attractive. It's going to be more desperate. It's kind of like sales. If I just want commission, you're not going to want to buy something from me. But if I'm genuinely interested in the product, in this case, the product would be me and you, right? Correct. If I believe in my product and I believe that you should be purchasing and, well, for lack of a better word, using this product, consuming <laughs> this product, I'm going to be more of the mindset where I'm just going to help you buy. It's like a comedian who's trying to gain the audience's approval. I've said this before on the show. People will literally, psychologically, withhold laughter from that comedian, even if what he's saying is funny. But when that comedian is there because he just wants to make everybody happier and help them have a good time, and he's just enjoying himself already, and it's like, hey, come along with me. I'm already having a good time. People will relax. They'll open up, and they'll have a great time. Well, there's the word. Come along with me. Let's go have fun. That's, that's drawing somebody in. You have an interest in making them feel better. Doing something that would be beneficial to them. That's also masculine leadership, and it involves making a woman feel safe and secure. Booyah. I mean, how much do we talk about that around here? Right. Safety and security and doing what makes us feel happy and wonderful. That we know that you have our best interests at heart. Knowing that you're doing what's best for us. Instead of trying to be selfish and trying to land another notch in the bedpost. Well, can we try too hard to have your best interest at heart? What if we, you know, buy you a truckload of flowers and try to, you know, hook you up with a Mercedes convertible on our third date, trying to impress you? Because, well, hey, that's in your best interest, isn't it? Well, the problem is 
are you really trying to do what's best for us or is there an alter or is there an ulterior motive I mean, think about it. If someone's trying to buy me a bunch of expensive gifts and I don't even know them yet, we don't even have a relationship, it feels more like it's set up to be a prostitutional type of arrangement. How many amendments are there in the prostitution? (laughs) I was trying to figure out how to coin that. (laughs) The first amendment of the prostitution is we have to make sure everybody gets a Mustang convertible on the third date. Yes. It's a moral imperative. Absolutely. All right. So... Here's something I've heard, and, you know, I'm going to plead the fifth of my own experience with it. But it has been said <clears throat> that women would just rather have a guy come clean with his sexual interest rather than play coy with it and try to, like, slide it under the door and pretend it's not there and buy her flowers and butter her up. I mean, sometimes, to put it bluntly, what's in a woman's best interest is multiple orgasms. Well, yes, but it, it can't – it has to be more subtle than that. It well, can't yeah. be just out there. Absolutely. But I'm just saying instead of trying so hard to buy her affection and things like that, you know, just come out with it. Tell me what your intentions are. Women always are like, what are your intentions? What are you looking for? And men always cringe when they hear that because I think they think, you know, well, what about all my trying too hard? What about all of this – setup that I've got to do? What about all the games I have to play before we come to that truth? And the woman's just like, uh, you know what? Why don't you just skip all that and tell me what's on your mind? What's going on? Well, that would be trying too hard. Well, anytime someone's trying to be inauthentic and lie and say, oh, I, you know, I'm not interested in having a sexual relationship with you. I just want to be friends for now and then later move into something more serious and then let things happen. It's like, Come on, guys. I just want to talk. (laughs) Just want to talk to the egg. Yeah, there's a comedian who talks about how the sperm and the egg is such a metaphor for dating between women and men. And it's like the sperm are all knocking on the door of the egg. And it's like, you can't come in. And the sperm's like, but I just want to talk to the egg. (laughs) (laughs) Mitch Fattel, right? That's who does that one. We'll have to find that bit and post it in the show notes, too. That's some funny stuff. right? It is. It is. Hopefully, I can find that on YouTube and post it. But it gets to the point that we know that there's going to be this sexual chemistry. I mean, if there isn't, what's the point? That's what I call pushing it uphill. And you know what? If you're pushing something uphill, you have to try pretty hard, don't you? Perhaps too hard, much harder than, say, if you were pushing it downhill. But yeah, I've been talking about the concept of pushing it uphill for probably 15 years now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's synonymous with trying too hard. You've got a woman who doesn't like you, dude. Move on. Find someone who's going to be more amenable, someone who's into you, someone who's a good match. You're probably kidding yourself anyway. There's probably a darned good reason why she doesn't want to be with you. Either you're a complete disaster together or, I don't know, maybe you need to look in the mirror and work on yourself a little. Whatever it is, if you're trying to make something happen when it's not happening, you're pushing it uphill and you are going to be, by definition, trying too hard. I used to have a guy who used the phrase, Let's give Destiny a shove over email with the woman he was trying to attract. Oh, boy. What a disaster. That's asking for trouble. It's yes. like, let's go against the grain and do everything wrong. Right. I'm not sure if he coined that himself. It sounds really pithy on the surface. Like, oh, that's a nice turn of phrase. Then he realized what it means, and it's like, ick. Right, because yeah. Destiny is supposed to be something great and wonderful that falls into place and things are supposed to be happy. So if you push against it, you're like... Let's not be happy. Or if you have to shove it, that just sounds like an aggressive act. 
mean, that too. Some pushing and shoving here, you know, <laughs> to make destiny happen. It's kind of like the proverbial square peg in the round hole. See, what you do is you have a round peg and a round hole. Yes. Isn't it interesting how God designed us with round pegs and round holes? That's that's an interesting thought. It is, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, so these people who are seeking approval, what's the difference between people-pleasing, approval-seeking behavior that will come off as creepy, trying too hard, unattractive, anti-masculine, frankly, and someone who's just too damn perky and upbeat, like the cockatoo. I mean, is the cockatoo trying too hard, or is it just too damn perky and upbeat, and the lady cockatoo just needs to take a chill pill and, you know, enjoy life a little? Well, she's a little too uptight. Honestly, when I saw that, I thought, oh, he's so adorable, and he has such great personality. How can she not like him? Now, when I originally saw that video, it was on Facebook, I believe, and there were comments. Yes. And the women were going, oh, my God, I have met that guy in the <laughs> bar just last week, and they were commiserating together. And finally, this one precious gal said, actually, I'm more like the guy cockatoo. I'm all in like that. <laughs> oh, <it's> so cute. <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, hey, that's the chick I want to hang out with. I'm sure she's a lot more fun than these stick-in-the-mud easily offended women, you know. I guess it boils down to finding someone like ourselves. So he needs a cockatoo who's like wanting to bounce and, you know, do all this awesome stuff. Right, exactly. I mean, if you're perky and upbeat, I mean, you can bring the world with you. Again, like, hey, let's go together. Not, hey, I'm going to teach you how to climb this mountain, but hey, we're all climbing this mountain together. Come on, you know. And that's called being enthusiastic and being optimistic. And that's contagious. But again, is it self-serving? Is it, I have an agenda, I'm so needy and I'm desperate, and if I don't get this, I'm going to die, you know, right now. Or is it, hey, I love life, I'm enjoying things, I want to invite you into my reality. Again, pulling, not pushing. Another phrase that I used very recently in one of my podcasts a few weeks ago. Inviting a woman into my reality is a difference. Hey, how about this? Contrast the idea of inviting a woman into my reality with giving destiny a shove. (laughs) And there you go. Boom. There you go. Mic drop. Done. Yeah. I mean, what else do you have to say in commentary on the state of one's psychology? Your psychological state about all of this. Right. So being ourselves and not trying to pretend something that we're not, it's really helpful. That determines whether we're trying too hard or not and still being true to who we are. I've had several guys over the years, this will be a paraphrase of all several of them, okay? But basically the storyline would be, I've started seeing this woman and I'm already too obsessed. And I texted her 10 times this morning alone and she hasn't responded to me yet. What do I do? And I'm like, okay, dude, it's lunchtime. Second of all, you you texted her 10 times? One was enough, and these guys will usually say something along the lines of, yeah, I know, I know I'm doing too much. I know I'm trying too hard. I know I shouldn't keep texting her, but I just can't help it. I can't stop myself. So there's a maturity. There's a wisdom. There's a self-restraint. There's a discipline level here. Self-control. And I do think a lot of these guys, when they go around chasing women and begging them to be their girlfriend, looking desperate, they know they're doing wrong. Every guy who's ever seen any TV show or movie that Hollywood has ever produced knows what kind of guys don't get women. It's those guys, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. And sometimes the writing's on the wall. Sometimes you're even being told what's going on, 
and they don't stop. I had a particular situation where I was out with some friends and I wasn't interested in doing anything. I just was, I was actually along for the ride because I was invited to keep my girlfriends entertained and she wanted company. So fine, she showed up. The so, old designated driver. Yeah. So here we are the at the nightclub. <laughs> here we are at the nightclub. I'm not drinking. Uh, so anyway, the guy approaches me and he wants to give me a drink. And I said, no, thank you. The poor guy would not take no for an answer. No, I don't want something to drink. And he got me a drink anyway, and I wouldn't drink it because I wasn't drinking. And finally, my friend got so fed up by the 10th, umpteenth time. Who knows how many times it happened. She's like, dude, get away. We already told you. She's already told you. She's not interested. Get away. I know exactly <laughs> what friend nice. that was. You don't <laughs> yes. even have to tell me which friend that was. I know exactly which friend of yours that was at that moment in history. She was frustrated with me. She's like, Emily, just tell him off. I, I can't. He's, he's, you know, I was feeling bad for him. Well, you know, in a way, you're the exact wrong person to have as a guest on this show. Because you, you were the <laughs> woman. Yes. By her own admission, back in your Match.com days, would write every single man who wrote you back. Even yes. if it was to say, oh, you know what? I don't think we're a match, but thank you for writing me. That was very sweet. And what you were doing was feeding the neighborhood stray cat every time. <laughs> I don't know. I think it went pretty well most of the time. <laughs> Not always, but most of the time. Well, I think most women would think it's perfectly okay to ignore messages from men they don't like or aren't interested in. I think I only did that if they deserved it. But I just felt that there was a human being on the other side who took the time to write me, and I just felt that he at least deserved a response, whether I liked him or not. Well, you were a total sweetheart, and that's one of the reasons I adore you. And, and one of the reasons why you're such a great wife, one of many. But still, nevertheless, you are one of the few, and perhaps the proud, who would actually entertain guys even if they are trying too hard. Oh, yes. Just out of decorum. Even when they care. deserved it, sometimes they didn't. That's true. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and you're still that way until they mess with you in the customer service department. <laughs> <laughs> then watch out. Oh boy. It's like the first scene of Pulp Fiction, which is actually the last scene of Pulp Fiction. But, you know, when the lady with the gun jumps up on the table in the diner, you know, you can get that way. If someone hits your hot buttons. But they have to try pretty hard. They have to try too hard to piss you off to make that happen. <laughs> they have to work really <laughs> hard at it. Right. You know what? I wonder. That's a weird little tangent. But I wonder if there are guys who are so twisted that they find sweet women and think it's a game just to piss them off or hurt them and see how far it takes for them to break. Hmm, Wouldn't that a, be twisted? That would be. That, that's that's a whole other sick level of things. Makes you wonder why I thought of it. Because <laughs> I'm definitely not like that. Well, after 16 years, I would know, right? Well, there's one thing around here that's absolutely true, and anyone who's been listening to our stuff for a long time already knows this. We do not coach broken people. No. Sickos, crazy people. Hey, you know what? Don't sell crazy to us. We're all stocked up, right? As the saying goes from the movie. We've had an overflow of it. We've, we've had our, our fill. Yes. One thing we have going for us is by the time you and I had met each other, we were sick and tired of being sick and tired. Right? When it comes to crazy. So we just had to deal with each other's sick and tired people. In our right. lives. Well, but yeah, it was a two for one. A two for one. <laughs> It was a two against one, too. That is true. Anyway, nobody cares. We're digressing. All right. So what about this? Guys will try to logic women into liking them. See, I have a good job. I have a great car. I'm tall. I'm handsome. I'm everything you've ever wanted. 
Why are you putting me in the just be friends zone? I had one guy say, "Look, you know, I think we'd be great together. You want to be able to stay home and raise children, and you want a family and everything, and I want to do the same thing, and I want to give that to you. I think we will be great together." He was trying to logic his way into me dating him. Yeah, some people just don't understand that you've got to make someone feel it, especially a woman. A woman has got to be attracted. She's got to have warm fuzzies for you. Then she'll she'll figure out all the logic. Well, he only had one problem. <laughs> oh God! Here we go. <laughs> Ready? I bet you it's a real good one. <laughs> well, you might be surprised. I had just met him at the same time I had met you online. Well, that was a real good one. And I had met you. I think I met him a couple days before you. But when I met you, that was it. You had my heart and everything. So he just didn't have a chance. There was all the logic in the world wasn't going to work. And I told him I had already met you and that we're going to go dating and blah blah blah. And he's well, if that doesn't and we work, still are. let me know. I said sure, I will do that. There was nothing wrong with them. It's just that I had met you and fell in love. I met my perfect soulmate. You know, the only thing I can say to that for the value of this particular show is for years and years, decades of my life. I had felt like a victim of Murphy's Law. Murphy's Law, of course, being if anything bad can happen, it will happen at the worst possible time, right? And at that one point when I met you, finally, I was Murphy. <laughs> and someone else had to deal with the law that I just laid down for once in my life. That was like, that's pretty sweet. You know, for once in my life, it seemed like every time I would start to like a woman, oh, something bad would happen or she'd meet this guy or she'd have to move away or just something completely wrong would happen at the most inopportune time and it would all fall to pieces. And yet you and I still are here. We are. That guy's probably still waiting for a phone call somewhere. <laughs> I hope not. I hope no. you found someone wonderful. I think he called me. When we finally got engaged again, just to see how things were going. I'm like, now we're engaged. Oh, I had a couple of my exes call me up just to see how things were going. You know, how's it going? You know, that kind of thing. But yeah, yeah he's the one that used it. But you know, you said you wanted kids. I'm like, yeah, I did say I wanted kids. But no, he's my guy. I'm sorry. Isn't well, we took out. care of that we on tried. our own. <laughs> we got two more of them. <laughs> we sure do. <laughs> What's the difference between pursuing someone and chasing someone? Okay, because we talk about choosing. Now, there's a good question to ask, because a lot of times women will say out loud, you know, it's almost like a cliche. I want a man who will pursue me, right? Like a lot of songs. Right, but they don't want a man who's chasing them desperately. Right. So what does it mean for a man to pursue a woman if he's not supposed to try too hard and look needy and desperate? Well, to go back to the story I just mentioned... Now, he was trying to use logic, but he wasn't being so pushy that he wouldn't take no for an answer. He was just being a sales guy, just trying to present the options, and if I didn't take, so be it. And I said, well, if it doesn't work out, I'll let you know. Now, his response was perfect. He said, okay, but just understand this, I might not be available then. Well, that's a sales tactic. Yes. That's scarcity. Yes, but you know, I thought it was great because... If I wasn't sure about the situation, then I would have to think, okay, is this really what I want? But in this particular case, I didn't have to worry about that. And I said, you know, that's just something I'm going to have to live with. 
And he was okay with that. Well, he probably didn't want to push it uphill. And he didn't push it uphill. And I respected that. You know, he was taking an opportunity to see what the options were between us. The key word being options. Right. And it didn't work out. Right. Right. He wasn't desperate. It wasn't like he has to make you his wife or he's going to die. Exactly. It was, hey, you know what? I do have options. I like you. You're my favorite. To me, that's the difference between pursuing and chasing. And he was letting me know that he had options. You know, if I wasn't going to take him now, he may not be available later. So I think a woman wants to be pursued because she wants to be chosen. I could date any woman. I could go out with some other chick, but I don't want some other chick. I want you. You're the one I want. So I think a lot of times when women say pursue, they mean acting on a choice. Instead of just, oh my goodness, you fog a mirror and you'll put up with me? Great. You know, please don't leave me. I beg you. I'll die if you leave me. <laughs> exactly. You're my only option. You're, you keep me alive. That's scary. Okay, last question before we draw this to a close. When do you give up? Winston Churchill says, never, ever, ever, ever give up, right? Sometimes you need to back off. Sometimes backing off is the thing that makes it work. When? Well, sometimes if you feel like you've been pushed and forced into a situation, if the person who cares about you enough backs off, then you realize now you have an option to make a choice. You have room to breathe. Yeah. Like if there's a breakup, right, between two people who were dating or even married, there was a relationship there. The first impulse on the part of the person who was broken up with is, I got to talk to this person. I got to logic them back into the relationship. I've got to see them. I've got to beg them. When in reality, one of the best things they probably could do is let them go and say, hey, you know what? I'll even help you pack your bags. Give them the gift of missing them. Well, that and I love you enough. I'm going to let you go. I care about you and I'm going to be okay with this heartbreak. You go off and have fun. And sometimes that's enough to go, that person really cares about me. And it's so much easier said than done. (laughs) Because Because you want that person back. Right. Because they require self-sacrifice. Well, you know what? Let me add some pragmatism to this conversation. If she's threatening a restraining order, if she's telling you you're being creepy, if she's not being very nice to you anymore and she's being very direct, dude, you need to back off. Okay? If she says she has a boyfriend and she's married and they're in a committed relationship and she says she is unavailable, you need to back off. You need to give up. Uh, If you do something that you know you blew it, Like you cheated on her, you were violent towards her, and she said, that's it, I'm leaving. Don't start begging her to come back. Because it won't work. Yeah, just a little practical reality there. And on that note, it's time to end the show. (laughs) Wow, that goes fast. (laughs) Yes. Guys, if you want to join my mailing list and talk to me for free for 25 minutes, like I often talk about you guys doing, hey, that's the real deal. Sign up. You'll talk to me personally about where you are right now and where you want to be. You can do that at mountaintoppodcast.com. And ladies, and perhaps men, if you also want to go this route, you can go to scottandemily.com front slash podcast and sign up to talk to either Emily or me free for 25 minutes. You can get on her newsletter or my newsletter or both. You know, some of the ladies like to get my newsletter to be kind of a fly on the wall, and some of the guys get your newsletter for the same reason. Right. That's a great way to get the viewpoint from the opposite gender. Yeah. So either go to mountaintoppodcast.com or go to scottandemily.com front slash podcast. That's with one T. And uh, get you some. 
And with that, until we talk to you again on the next episode, my name is Scott McKay. And I'm Emily McKay. Be good. And have fun. You've been listening to the X and Y on the Fly Dating Podcast with Scott and Emily McKay. Copyright 2009 by the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be sure to listen to Scott and Emily's other podcasts, including The Chick Whisperer, Dating Cast, and Online Dating Profile Rating, all found on iTunes or at x-net-media.com. Also, check out Scott and Emily on the web at www.deservewhatyouwant.com. This is Ed Roy Odom speaking for the X and Y Communications Worldwide Media Casting Network. Be good and have fun.